Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the beautiful studios of Relate365.com in the beautiful Northwoods of Wisconsin, which is covered in snow here at Silver Ranch. And we've been enjoying it. It hasn't been too much yet. Nope. Hasn't been too cold yet. Nope. I would say it's just right. Yes, I would agree with you. And if you have never checked out Silver Birch Ranch, you should. Yeah. Because there's various programs. I mean, you can come in the winter. Here's here's my challenge out there, and I'm not going to go into it in great detail, but my challenge is if you are a senior pastor or whatever your church calls the guy that does that, and you have young people at your church, I challenge you, come up to Silver Birch Ranch on a weekend in the winter and do dishes with the high school kids. Yeah. I think they need to see you do that. Get yeah. somebody else to preach for you on a Sunday. Come up and just spend time with high school kids and do dishes. Get to know them. Let them see you serve. And see if that does not affect them more than a message does. Yeah, absolutely. Or if you want to send your middle school or high school students up, we have Winter Jam coming up. That's right. Winter Jam is Winter Camp Summer Style. So, or Summer Camp Winter Style, I should say. Absolutely. But anyways, that's uh, that's coming up the last weekend of January going into February. So the 31st of January into the 2nd of February. If you want more information, go to silvertranch.org and look for Winter Jam. Or you can go to Google and type in Silver Tranch Winter Jam. It'll come up as well. Or... If you're a man listening, I got a spring retreat coming up. Yep. So go to the silverbirchranch.org site and look it up. Uh, Jason, you're a, you're a guy who works on programming camping, and so you're constantly thinking about how to reach young people and and have a program that honors God, teaches them about God. And oh yeah. Relationships. Okay. Do you, you know could where, say I have a camp brain. Yeah. Do you know where? Do you know the history of camping and how it came into be? I don't. I, we are we are members of two different organizations, Silver yep. Trans. We're members of, of what's called Christian Camping, Camping and Conference Association. Yeah, there you go. 3CA, CCA. It, 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 it changed names from when I was younger, so I lost it for a moment. It yeah. used to be Christian Camping International. Right, CCI. Yeah, and then they changed it. So to 3CA. What, what he said is we're members of that. That's the Christian kind of camping group. Coalition, yep. And then there's a secular group called the American Camping Association. Yep, ACA. Yep, and that group has a certification program. Yep. So we're a certified camp with this American Camping Association, which means what, Jason? It means that we just abide by standards that have been set by the American Camping Association. Okay, by our that, peers in camping who yeah. say this is the minimum standard you, right. could, you should keep. So if you're looking for a camp and you want to send your kids there, I look for that little stamp because all it does is give you a, a way to see that they're actually looking out for some of the rules and what, what those in professional camping are saying are the minimum standards to keep. Yeah. But they, they put out a magazine and uh, different articles on what's going on in camping and whether it be Christian camping or not. And I was reading this, and, it's, and the headline got me. It said, Crafty, Crafting Healthy Conceptions of Masculinity. Crafting Healthy? Okay. Yeah. What the summer camp experience can provide for boys. Oh, so I thought, you know, that's pretty interesting. That is interesting. Um, here it is. It's a secular magazine. It's actually identifying that there are boys and girls in this article. That's good. And it's identifying the fact that, that boys may have different needs than girls. Hmm. Now, again, it gets pretty soft if you read the whole article on being too dogmatic about anything. But <laughs> it, it does at least start with this concept. Yeah. Let, me, let me read what it says at the beginning here because this is right. kind of the history of camping. Uh, the author of this article, which is Joseph Laberte, I think you pronounce that, he <laughs> said this, 
I was sitting in our chapel benches surrounded by towering pines as I listened to our leadership director, Dave Irwin, give his Sunday chapel talk late in July of 2016 at YMCA Camp Belcap, Belknap, a traditional nonprofit overnight summer camp for boys. He articulated the reasons behind the birth more than a century ago of summer camps and the industry's rapid growth in response to what the nation was deeming a crisis of masculinity. So I'll continue to read there, but that's interesting. The yeah. nation thought there was a crisis, crisis of masculinity. masculinity. And I would say that might be happening again. Yeah. Families were moving from their self-sustaining lifestyles of the countryside into crowded cities. And as a result, they grew concerned that their boys would lose their connection with the outdoors. That cities would feminize them. Hmm. President Teddy Roosevelt shared this concern. Can you imagine a president sharing that concern? Wow. That boys would be feminized if they lived in an urban area? Interesting. I dare Donald Trump to say that. Yeah. On, on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. He Sorry. Probably, I didn't he, do that. He probably would. Yeah, I, I didn't do that. Sorry. Didn't do that. I, Sorry. I, I back that bus up. I, we'll, we'll just take that back. All right. Um, fine. President Teddy Roosevelt shared this concern. Champion a moment to create more summer camps and Boy Scout programs nationwide in an effort to provide boys hardened outdoor skills, physicality, strife, and other masculine ideals that families felt would be scarce in the city. Hmm. So that's how camping started. Wow, that's amazing. It started to help boys be boys. Yeah. Interesting. Uh President Roosevelt beckoned for a return to woodsy roots, preaching his ideal of the strenuous life in which men do not shrink from danger, hardship, or bitter toil. Wow. Yeah, I know. I, I just, I'm trying to imagine some president saying that today. Right. Hence the challenge to whoever's president, hmm. in case this is recorded for many years. Irwin continued, to insinuate that summer camps provided such an outlet for boys for the next hundred plus years, in which they were able to respond to a host of social crises and reconnect with their roots, both masculine and arborous. So anyway, it, very interesting beginning to that article. Yeah. That talks about, okay, the president, Teddy Roosevelt, recognized that, that something was happening. Mm-hmm. And really, there are ripple effects to everything. So yeah. if, if you're going to move everybody from the country to the city, right? what happens to that male that used to be out farming for 12 hours a day mm-hmm. and throwing bales of hay and doing all the physical stuff in life? What happens to him? And is that important? Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I would say that, that masculinity is an important thing. Okay. You know, and even, I mean, living and breathing, even camping ministry, I could see the value in what he said there. Mm-hmm. You know, because to this day, you know, we get what I call city kids come up and and the way that they look around and interact with this place is yeah. totally different from, say, like my boys who grew up in this place. You yeah. know, sure, they both experience it and love it, but that the way that they look at it is two totally different things. Right. Using the experience in their life to yeah. help them learn characteristics. But what is the different characteristics? I mean, what do we talk about when we say helping boys become masculine? What, What is that? When I say that, what do you think? You have three boys. Yeah, I got three boys. So what 
what am I saying if I say, let's help your boys be masculine? Yeah. Is that just a general term that has no meaning? Or is there any meaning to that? No, I think there is meaning to it. You know, and I think as you say it, I think, you know, I, I want my boys to grow up to know, to be able to work hard. Okay. What that means to be able to provide. Okay. Um, to be able to um, do the things that God has created them to do that's different from females. Okay. You know. Um, now, now, let me just throw up, are girls supposed to work hard? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So, so that's the same. That's the same, right. Um, uh, are girls supposed to provide? Um, if they're married, I would say that it was they can provide, but I'd say it's more the man's okay, responsibility. Okay, there, there are moments. There are moments. Yeah. Where uh, if you are- I a, suppose they, pro- I mean, they provide different things. They do. And so that was a loaded question. That was a loaded question. Yeah, so. because, you know, I'm certainly not going to provide, um, uh, I'm not going to nurse a child. Right. You know, my wife is going to do that. Right. And and so they're providing, but they're going to provide in a different way. And if they're going to care for the unique things that God made them to care for, mm-hmm. they might have to live in a unique way to be able to care for. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's like, you know, if, if I give birth to a child and I don't because I'm a male and I can't, but if a female gives birth to a child, all of a sudden there's a lot of demands on her immediately mm-hmm. that are not on me. And to try and make that equal, I think, as a 63-year-old guy, I look at that and say, that's kind of crazy. Right. Because there are differences. Mm-hmm. And it's not that there's better or worse. I mean, there's just differences. And I, my, my wife needed to nurse our children. Yeah. And when she was nursing them, she couldn't send them with me all day. Mm-hmm. She had to be with them. Yeah. That's part of the deal. Absolutely. So, you know, yes, I think there's a way that we we train young men in our culture to be ready for those moments where they're sensitive but strong Mm -hmm. and they can provide and they look for. I mean, there's likewise, we'd be training young ladies, but this program is not about the young ladies. It's about the young men. So if if you're listening and say, well, let's get talking about the ladies, it's like that's not what we're doing right now. We're Mm -hmm. just talking about. The idea of helping young boys with their masculinity and what that means. Yeah. Um, I remember as I grew up, one of my best friends in the world lived down the street. It was a little girl, and she was very, you would call her tomboyish. Mm-hmm. I mean, we used to just do all kinds of stuff, climb trees, you know, do, do all kinds of things that I enjoyed. But she had a Barbie doll. Yeah. Well, I had a G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while she'd say, can you bring your, your doll over? I don't have a doll. I just wouldn't have a doll. I'm sorry. <laughs> Again, those of you that are shocked, you know, it's like, no, I, I was only, you know, eight years old and I didn't have a doll. That no. was the way life was. You had a G.I. Joe. I had a G.I. Joe. And she could not stand it after a while. She would never ask me to bring it over again because of how G.I. Joe always wanted to fight and wrestle and, and arm wrestle. And she wanted to play house. And it's like, he doesn't do that. Right. Now, who taught me that? You know, I didn't. Nobody taught me that. Right. I, I, that's the difference. That, yeah, absolutely. Uh, G.I. Joe was, in, was not interested in playing house. Mm-mm. And he, there's no possible way. Now, is that evil? No, but he wasn't interested. Yeah. He was fighting wars. Mm-hmm. He was out there making sure that the house could be had, that it was protected. And to me, that was my masculinity side coming mm-hmm. out, saying, I, I'm a protector. Right. Um, to this day, they don't really... Um, uh, they do in some places, I guess, but they don't really allow guys and girls to compete in a lot of sports. Uh, traditionally, no. 
Yeah. I no. mean, especially the, like I'm thinking professional football. Right. Professional, yeah. You, you know, I mean, you'd Absolutely. be, I guess, are there any rules against females playing professional football? Uh, I don't know if there's actually, I, I don't know. I, I doubt there is a rule. Because I imagine if if you found a lady that was six foot ten, three hundred fifty pounds, and can run a four four, you, you might use her as a lineman. You know, I mean, that might happen. But see, the, the people that are listening are already thinking that's ludicrous. You're not going to find a lady, you know, that big and that athletic. Mm-hmm. So immediately, I think, okay, there's a little difference between men and women, uh, because even in sports. It's not that men are better, but we don't have men and women compete on the same level. And it's not that, you know, young boys and girls can't be equal in some of those things. I mean, in a soccer game, maybe if you're 10 years old, I, I, I think, you know, things have not stopped developing. And obviously a professional female soccer player is going to always be better at soccer than Dave Wager. So mm-hmm. that isn't what I'm talking about. I'm talking about peers people that are of equal ability, you know, two professionals, they're different. Absolutely. So since that's true, since it seems like still the male seems to be a little bit stronger, a little mm-hmm. bit faster, uh, not smarter. I don't think that God made him smarter. Mm-hmm. I think that he made men a little bit beefier mm-hmm. for a reason. We have to teach young men to be respectful. Yeah. Uh, we have to teach all people, I understand, but we have to teach men that as they get bigger and stronger and more powerful, that they need to be gentle with that. Yeah. And that's masculinity right there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that we want to take away their strength. Right. Um, I remember when I was growing up, I was getting to be a, a bigger guy, and I was pretty big in high school uh, for people in high school, um, recruited by obviously the football hockey people because you're good size and they mm-hmm. want good size people. And my dad warned me one day, he said, Dave, be very careful. Um, you're getting big. Mm-hmm. He said, and, and I grew up in Chicago. So there's Chicago public schools, a lot of fights yeah. that went on. And my dad wasn't one who believed I would never get in a fight. Mm-hmm. He was just telling me to be careful because he said, you could actually hurt somebody. Right. And he said, if you hurt somebody, you may not mean it, but if you lose your temper and you hurt somebody, mm-hmm. you're going to regret that the rest of your life right. that you did that. And I looked at him and said, what are you talking about? He said, well, you know, you're, you're, a, you're a bigger guy now. Now, I don't know how many parents have talked to their kids that way, but my dad did with me. Mm-hmm. And my dad grew up in the Austin neighborhood in Chicago. He was a fighter. He understood what that was. Mm-hmm. He didn't need to fight. He didn't want to fight, but he understood it. Right. And he said, well, if you hit a guy just the right way in the nose with all your strength, you could shove that bone into his brain and kill him. Yeah. You don't want to do that. That's all he told me. Mm-hmm. He says, you just don't want to do that. And I thought, okay, do you know that I went through all my high school and whenever there was a fight, I walked away from it? Wow. I wouldn't fight. Mm-hmm. Right, because I had that ringing in my head. Mm-hmm. So to me, it was my dad saying, Here's what it is to be a male. Dave, it's okay that you're getting big. It's okay that you're getting strong. But you don't use this mm-hmm. to beat up people. Yeah. You know, so enjoy your strength. Enjoy your speed. Enjoy whatever you got. Just don't use it to hurt people. Go use it in hockey maybe. 
you know, play by the rules, go, go use it in football, go use it to, you know, he used to have us come up to camp and obviously use it. <laughs> <laughs> use it real yeah, well. Use it gathering all kinds of things and today yeah. you see me limping around and looking like i'm 150 years old because i used it so so often well you look good for your age then yeah thank you <laughs> but I, I think there's some some very um important things that parents need to understand if you have young ladies at home and you have or you have young men i think there are things you need to teach them mm-hmm. and i think it's different for the genders right and i you know and i remember even when i was growing up there was always the phrase you know chivalry isn't dead right you know, and I think that's the same concept is with that strength and, 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 and masculinity, you know, part of it is to, to watch out and take care of, you know, and, and even today you, you don't see it as much anymore. No. You know, holding op- opening doors and walking to the car and, and just doing those simple things. I mean, those are things that I picked up watching my dad yeah. and the way that he treated my mom and, and different things like that. And I think that's important and that's part of it. Yeah. But you, you know what, though, sometimes some of the young ladies will not allow a guy to be um, opening doors for him. Yeah. They find that insulting. Which is unfortunate. Yeah, I know. Why, why would it be insulting that someone's trying to be kind? Yeah. I mean, if I was opening a door for somebody, it wouldn't be because I didn't think that they couldn't open it. Right. My 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 two-year-old can open a door with yeah, a handle Yeah, so that, that right. wouldn't be the reason. Right. It would be because I show, I'm showing respect. Right. That's it. Absolutely. So... Why don't we teach young men mm-hmm. to show respect? Because uh, the pornography industry and the stuff that's around there now, does that show any respect for Absolutely women? Absolutely not. No. So we have to teach them respect somewhere. Mm-hmm. That would be, to me, properly masculizing, if you want to make a new word up, right. young men. Mm-hmm. Because you want to teach them that, okay, it's good to be strong. It's it's good if you, if, you know, you can be stronger than young ladies your age or eventually women you know you can you can outrun them maybe you can you can but you need to be kind and you need to use your strength mm-hmm. to show respect right and now now that to me is if i can't talk about the differences between men and women i can't teach them that right so i think our culture is shooting itself in the foot actually and what's in, uh, later on in the article says does it matter that we teach this and i he goes on to say, today's proposed crisis of masculinity, and they say there is one today as well. And I'm thinking, yeah, a lot of it has to do with trying to erase all the differences between boys and girls and everything else. I mean, there is a crisis. Right. I think we can start as a group by calling boys boys and girls girls. That's my opinion. Absolutely. And, uh, and appreciate who they are and enjoy those differences. Anyway, it says today's proposed crisis of masculinity suggests that boys remained under immense pressure to fit a specific mold of a boy and manhood. Yet this mold is drastically different than Roosevelt's. Uh, William Pollock suggests in his book Real Boys that men in the late 20th and early 21st centuries are being subscribed to what he refers to as the old boy code. An exception that boys are to be stoic, stable, independent, daring, powerful, and above all, must avoid a semblance of femininity. Okay, I don't know. I, I'm not here to argue all his points, and, but, but here's the next sentence I want to get to. It says, new research shows that boys are faring less well in school than they did in the past and in comparison to girls. That many boys have remarkably fragile self-esteems and that the rate of depression and suicide in boys is frighteningly on the rise. 
Okay. Hmm. Well, that says something. That does say something, yeah. And it says perhaps that we're not allowing young boys to be boys, and we're not allowing them to demonstrate the idea what masculinity is really about. So I, th- I think what we have to do is begin to re-identify the, the goodness in saying, here's little boys, and here's how they're different, and here's little girls, and here's how they're different, mm-hmm. and we go from there. Now, I know everyone listening is saying, do you live in today's world? Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking, yes, and I think there's a problem in today's world. Yeah, look at a today's world. <laughs> I want to go on record as saying I think that boys should still use boys' bathrooms, that girls should still use girls, mm-hmm. that there should be different locker rooms. Yeah. I am still on record as saying I don't believe that reporters of any gender should be able to go into a male locker room and talk to people. Now, again, I know they've got on my case, right? It's like, well, then you're limiting their opportunity. Mm-hmm. Perhaps. But in respect of my relationship with my wife, and I, I would like to be able to talk to people when I'm fully clothed. Mm-hmm. That's all. Now, I'm not in a locker room as an athlete, so don't worry about it. I'm not going to be there. But right. it's still something that I think because we've lost respect. We've lost respect for genders and we've lost respect for each other nothing matters anymore Mm -hmm. and i think we need to get that respect back and that's part of training somebody in masculinity we the men need to lead in this we need to show respect absolutely so let's teach young boys how to do this Mm -hmm. and see if we can get better at this problem Uh, they do give some solutions but i altered them (laughs) I didn't alter them a lot, actually, because sure. I think I think there's a lot of good truth in. So I'm going to read. They they say there's nine things that you, ten things you could do to help boys develop into boys, okay, into men. The first is discuss masculinity. Yeah. Okay. So I'm for that. That's good. I, I think that uh, you, as a dad, you should be sitting down and calling your sons sons boys and talking about what it means to be a man. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I don't think I disagree with that at all. I think that's a good idea. To to stay away from that mm-hmm. means that you don't know what to say, and boys can grow up confused. Mm-hmm. The second thing they say is postpone problem solving. What? I, I disagree with that. Yeah. I, I say I cha- I took the word postpone out and said teach problem solving. Yeah. So it's like, well, here's an issue. Men tend to, and again, they're in my experience, men tend to be problem solvers and women tend to be problem uh, exposers. So like my wife will say, here's these issues. You know, I'll come home and she'll say hey, this and this and this. And immediately, then she'll pause and she'll look at me and say, I don't want you to solve this. <laughs> so what yeah. she's just doing is sharing the problem with me. Yeah. Now my maleness kicks in because I'm a problem solver. Yeah. I think what they're saying is postpone that so that they can actually hear people. And I, I understand that part. Gotcha. But at the same point, I think that people need to know how to orchestrate problem-solving skills. Mm-hmm. Whether you're male or female, but as a male, as a father, as a husband, mm-hmm. I need to have skills to solve problems. Masculinity. Yeah. All right. Third thing, model conflict resolution. I agree. How do men not turn to their strength and beat people up mm-hmm. to solve their problems? How do you, how, 
real men. If you want to see an example of a real man, go to Jesus and look look how he lived. Yeah. This is a man who would die for our sins, who also would make a whip and throw people out of a temple. Mm-hmm. So you need to know when to use your strength, and you need to know when to die for others. Right. That's a man right there. Yeah. And, uh, and we need to understand that. He was also very caring to the ladies around him. On the cross, he was very concerned for his mother that she was taken care of. That's a man. I'm very concerned for her that she's cared for. Her, his mother was not insulted that he wanted to care for. Mm-hmm. And made sure that John, I believe, was a John that would take care of her for the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. And really passed that off at the cross. So yeah. he took care of his responsibility as a man, as a son. Mm-hmm. He was doing that. I think we need to model, model that. Uh, sanctioned physicality, it says. And sanctioned physicality. In other words, it's good to go out there and play football. Go out right. there and throw a ball around. Go out there and climb a tree. Get in the you mud. Know, yeah, go ahead and do that. And do that. I've been around your boys. They they like physicality stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, do. They do. They, 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 like, they do. They like running around and doing things. Oh, and yeah. You let them, and that's good. Uh, allow originality. Okay, I agree. I, mm-hmm. I think they, that would develop things. Explore culture. Sure. I mean, go ahead and look at why we are the way we are in other mm-hmm. cultures and how they are because it helps in the decision-making process. It says show tolerance. I hate that word, and I don't think that's what we do. Right. So I'm going to change that. We, we show people how to be accepting of different body parts. For example, the Bible tells us that once you're a believer, you're part of the body. Yeah. So how do we enjoy somebody who thinks differently than us? How do we enjoy um, women properly? In, you know, in that sense, because they're different than we are. Mm-hmm. So how do we live in that context and enjoy the differences rather than trying to erase them? Right. Which is, culture is just on the opposite of that. So the tolerance thing, is, I'm out on that. I disagree with them, uh, but I just explained why. Celebrate ritual. In other words, get people into um, uh, strong family habits and, you know, do things that they can look back on and say, here's what we did as traditions, you know, in our family. Uh, appreciate beauty. Um, and the last one is make time for boys. In other words, make time to just be a boy and go outside and play. Yeah, you know, kind great. of thing. So I agree with most of those things, and I think that that camping can be a great uh, tool for people to come up and uh, teach boys uh, to be boys and teach them what masculinity is all about. And for those that are listening that are saying you're avoiding all the female issues, I am because I am Dave the male. And I do have two daughters, and they turned out to be lovely young ladies. Yeah. Um, and I do probably have something to say about letting girls be girls, and mm-hmm. I could do that possibly. However, this program wasn't about that. It was right. really about the masculinity of young boys. And I want to encourage Jason, as, as he has three boys, to really think through the idea of what it means to teach them to be men mm-hmm. and not be ashamed of that and not be discriminatory against anybody in life in the process. Right. So that'll be the goal for you yeah. and your generation and teach them to do it. 100%. And I think it's a it's a great thing to, and a great reminder as a parent, you know, just to be intentional, you know, um, whether you have girls or boys. Right. I mean, in this episode, we focus on the boys, but just to be intentional and just protect, you know, don't, don't you influence them the most. Absolutely. And always remember that. Um but uh, unfortunately, that's all the time we have on our show for today. I hope you guys were encouraged. If you uh, missed part of the show, you want to check out other uh, episodes of our podcast, head over to Relate365.com. And you could download this podcast and even kind of venture out and see what else is out there with uh, David does a few other things that we have on there. And 
great resources. Uh, or you could just subscribe to your favorite podcasting site, whether it's um, Apple Podcasts or you know Podbean or things like that. That way you're up to date on all the newest and latest. But for now, this is Jason and Dave here on Younger and Older, and we will see you here next time. Bye-bye.